Hello and welcome to this, the 20th episode of the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. I am your host, Angus Og McAnally, Artistic Director of Rise Productions, a freelance actor, more recently a director and producer here at Rise. I'm a 15-year veteran of the Irish theatre scene and a third-generation theatre maker. And as ever, we are coming to you live from our studios at the Irish Theatre Institute in the heart of Dublin's cultural quarter of Temple Bar. And as ever, we are bringing you this podcast absolutely free of charge. We promise that we'll never, ever charge for these interviews and don't I regret that decision now that you're all tuning in and it's taken this much work out of me but that's the deal we bring this to you free every week but we ask that you would invest back into Irish theatre best way to do that is go and buy yourself some tickets whether that's top price tickets somewhere posh or at one of the smaller fringe venues or if uh, your funds don't stretch that far this week maybe go and check out one of the crowdsourcing websites like fundit.ie where there are always great uh, theatre projects being funded over there with great rewards for your donations donations start as low as a fiver uh, and it's a great way to support and, and be involved in uh, in making great Irish theatre. Um, of course, there are ways you can support without putting your hand in your pocket. Go and tell people about this podcast. Uh, subscribe to the podcast over on iTunes. Go back and listen back to our other episodes. Leave us a review on iTunes. I can't stress that one enough. That really helps, even if it's only a couple of words. Uh, it really does a great deal for boosting our profile, which helps us boost the profile of uh, all the people that we're interviewing here. Um, and even if you can click to rate us on their five-star rating system over there, that's a simple click one-click deal. That's not asking too much, we don't think. You can follow us, Rise Productions, on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash Rise Productions Ireland. And you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Rise Ireland. So that brings us to this week's guest. And this is a special one, ladies and gents. This is one I've been holding off on for a couple of months now. It's one I've wanted to do from the very beginning, but I've decided to hold back and keep it a little bit later on in the run. And it's the brilliant Judith Roddy, Derry's finest, um, one of my great, great mates in the business. I know Judith maybe 13 or 14 14 years now. Uh, we go back quite a way. We trained together and uh, she's someone I've been a massive fan of since day one, since drama school. It was clear from the very beginning that she has this incredible talent and just such a such a likability on stage. She's genuinely one of my favourite performers out there. And I'm just delighted that we finally got the chat to have this conversation and to give you an insight into her world. I think she's got some interesting stuff to say about the business, about her career to date. Uh, I just think she's an all-round superstar. Again, as usual, I'm not going to wrap it on too much here. We're going to get you into the interview straight away. Here she is, the brilliant Judith Roddy. The wonderful Judith Roddy. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat to us. No problem at all. I'm absolutely delighted. I've been holding off on this one because I wanted to keep it for a special occasion. And now here we are. Um, right. Every week we ask the same question. Mm-hmm. When did you decide that you wanted a career in theatre? When Was there a light bulb moment for you? When When did it first occur to you? Um, it first occurred to me when I was at school and I got out of every subject <laughs> to, to, to sing in the choir at Mass, to be in the school play. And then I did an audition for a TV series when I was 13. And then got out of school altogether to go and do it. <laughs> now, what was the name of this TV series for which you oh, auditioned? I for- oh, my God. Um, Over the Wall, and I forgot. Who produced <laughs> the TV series Over the Wall? Um, I think it was your uncle. My uncle, Conor McAnally. I completely forgot that. Absolutely. So, in a and way, then I didn't I even realise that until we were, we were college. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, um, nice. So, tell us about that. You, what, you were 13 years of age doing a TV show? Yeah, too young. Too young. Right. <laughs> So tell us Ter- about Terrified, tell you know, about it. spots and, you know, people giving you wardrobe when you don't want to get changed ever. <laughs> you just want to smell and hide in your bedroom when you're 13, don't you? 
I hadn't kissed anybody or anything. It was terrible. So who were you in the TV show? Um, I ended up being, because it was set in Belfast, so I was like Mandy, the cousin from Derry. <laughs> I mean, it's just highly embarrassing, so bad. Um, yeah, but there was, I remember there was little shopping sequences and, you know, oh, it was, uh, yeah, I hope I never see it again. <laughs> right, okay. So that was your start. And, and having done that, did you go, right, okay, this is what I want to do? or, or No, what? no. I mean, no, it was in, in Derry. You know, they're, they're kind of, everyone kind of fiercely thinks that they're wonderful singers and performers. And it, it's it's true. You know, there's a, there's a lot of talent in Derry. Well, there's you and Nadine Coyle. What more the, could you want? That's it, you know. There's, there's myself and Nadine Coyle. Um, of course, there's... Amazing Pauline Hutton. Um, well, that's true. I mean, there's Pauline Hutton, there is Morna Regan as well. Yeah, like, there's a exactly. huge amount of actresses from Derry. No, it's a, it's a real um, uh, it's a real base for talent, I think. And um, But more um, intricately than that, my father was a singer, is a singer. My uncle is a singer. They're all in show bands. Right. And my grandparents, they were all, they were all in, in um, showbiz in some way, shape or form. So when it finally did come time for you to kind of go, look, this is what I want to do, presumably they were quite supportive then if they'd been involved. Not in at all. Oh, really? <laughs> no, um, no they, they, uh, principally they were delighted for me that I was going to Trinity, you know. I was just the first in the house to go to university or whatever from Derry, so... Yeah, they were just delighted I was going to university. How did Trinity come on your radar? Um, I knew nothing about Trinity. Right. Absolutely nothing. I finished school, I hadn't a clue what, what to do. And had you been doing drama in school? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'd been doing... I, I did pantos every year. Right, OK. Um, and Easter things and school plays. and No, I did, I did stuff all the time, you know. Um, but... No, what happened was Trinity, I didn't know what to do when I finished school, no idea. And I just basically said, well, this seems to have gotten me away with a lot of stuff so far, so maybe I'll just do this. And I, you know, had a few meetings um, in the UK, um, Manchester met and various, uh, Trinity just, I went, I knew it was a good university, I knew nothing about the course. Yeah. I actually auditioned. And I loved singing and dancing and acting. And I was taken aside on my audition and basically told, you really need to, you know, figure out what you want to do. Because if we offer you this place, which we are going to, um, we can't deprive someone else of your place. So maybe you would be best in the Guild Hall or somewhere like that, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, so I knew on the day. Um, but they were very adamant that, you know, it wasn't going to be a wasted chance. Yeah. You know, which, you know, was very important, you know, for such limited chances for... for That's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Wow. So, talk to me then about your time in Trinity and that kind of fabled, you know, acting degree, which unfortunately mm. is no more. Did you enjoy your three years there? Was it ball breaking? Did hard I work? enjoy it? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It right. was brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, I had a ball from start to finish. I still miss it. Yeah. You know, my core friends are, are still 
you know, the people who were in that class, yourself included. You well, know? it seems to me that we didn't know it at the time, or certainly my recollection mm, of it is that no. we didn't know at the time that we were part of a kind of a special year. Not at all, no. Um, but when you look at it now, objectively, whatever, a decade on from the time we left, there's you, there's me, there's Ruth Negga, there's Aaron exactly, Monaghan, yeah. there's Lisa Lamb, there's Vicky Burke that people know from Fair City, there's Brian Malarkey who's doing half a Rise Productions. Like it was this incredible year of, mm-hmm. of people going on to be, you know, hugely successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't I don't remember us knowing that at the time. Did you was did anyone ever say it to you or did you feel it at the time going, this is something different? No, we were just playing. We were just playing. Um, and I think that's that's what I miss. You know, it's it's how you it's how you get the best work done when you're mm. you're you're buzzing off other people and being generous. I think essentially because we're we're kind of in our hidey hole in a, in a dance studio in Trinity, so there's no pressure, and so you just kind of, uh, you know, you bounce off each other and and just see what you come up with and, you know, um, there's 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 a real freedom in that and 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 so all our different personalities you know really yeah. came out and ideas and intelligence and you know it just it was a really good amalgamation of of people how useful to you was that kind of sense of working as an ensemble for such a long period of time and working so closely together do you feel that that affected the quality of the work as of course it did that was the that was the main reason why we worked as a the sum of its parts you know i think we're really lucky that as individuals then we've each found you know different paths you know so it's it's great and it's a great credit to you know andrea ainsworth who i have a huge amount of respect for um and the other you know teachers we had there but principally the work that andrea did with us yeah you know and the various directors that come in was just you know invaluable you know well then talk to me about the transition from trinity uh, from the time we got out mm-hmm. to to moving into working professionally, because it seems to me that things happened really quickly for you. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it was just because at the time our course was in conjunction with the Abbey, wasn't it? Yeah. At that time, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And um, yes, it was Marie Kelly who did, who really looked out for me mm-hmm. and um, saw me in, uh, in our final year shows and had me in reading for various parts straight off. When we were still at college, she had me reading for parts. Um, and she she trusted me from the get-go. Um, so that was wonderful. Okay, we've had to have a little change of location, but now we are officially back in the Rise Productions outside broadcast unit, which makes us very classy. So, uh, right, you were telling me about uh, moving into stuff in the Abbey and Marie Kelly certainly looking after you. Oh, yes, that's that's what was happening. Yeah, so um, she was a really good support, really helpful, and, you know, that's that's that was the first move after college. Um, mixed in with a bit of... TV started to happen then. I think it had Love as a Drug around that time. Yeah, which was really high profile at the time as well. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Darren Thornton's a really good writer and he's doing very well at the moment. Yeah. Um, as is his brother, you know, they're very talented and, um, you know, certainly ones to watch. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think there's always a little... When you leave college, it's either you, you're... you're you're, you're snapped up straight away yeah. or 
or you're left to breathe for a little while and stew, um, which is very difficult, I guess, because you don't feel like you're the fresh talent that's that's wanted, I guess, you know. But um, yeah, we're not fresh talent anymore. We're all tags <laughs> now, Angus. <laughs> so, look, it seems to me that the real big one then was the wild duck. How how early did that happen for you at the Abbey? That was my. Let me see. I'd done. I think it. I'd done a kid show, or I'd done one or two shows there already. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was in the Peacock, and I think it was two thousand and two. So it was really early on, yeah. you know, when I started to work in, in the Abbey. And, uh, yeah, you know, they just auditioned some girls here and auditioned some girls in London. And Marie had been really nice, you know, she called me and said, listen, you know, you really want to, but we do have to go to London, you know. So it was just one of those waiting games for a lovely part, for a nice part. So that was good, you know. And an Ibsen play that's not really done that much, yeah. you know. It's a tricky one, you know, kind of tragic comedy. Um, but yeah, I think that went okay. I think it went okay. You think it went okay when you <laughs> won the award at the Irish Times Awards? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, these plays are tricky, you know, because um, it's it's always hard to know what's relevant, you know, when we're putting on. Of course, you know, it's wonderful writing, you know, great stories, but. You know, do we want to watch these plays now? Right, okay. You know, so um, it's always. I mean, I certainly wasn't thinking that way then. I was just thinking, I would like a wage check, please. I would like it from the Abbey, <laughs> and I would like to be in, you know, a substantial role working with pretty cool people. You know, well, that that was basically all that was on my radar. You know, yeah. nothing well, beyond that. Well, speaking of working with really cool people, <laughs> uh, Laszlo, who came over to direct that, mm. is someone you worked with a couple of times. For people who don't know who he is, tell us a bit about who he is. Well, Laszlo runs a, a a rep company, I suppose, in Budapest, and has worked with the same actors, the same company, for, I think, at least 30 years. So, um, he, he's very clear about what way he wants a production to go. I mean, down to the, the minute details. Okay. You know which can be very frustrating for some actors or very liberating in other ways. Um, but he works in a way whereby he'll tell you what your next role is you should be playing and what, what's your, <laughs> what role you'll play in 10 years' time. And, you know, because actors are so needy and need to be loved, it's wonderful to feel, you know, to be uh, part of an all-encompassing, you know... Um, production you know so you know you f you feel like it's it's not gonna stop that you know the road's a bit longer but he went back to budapest and that was it and never saw him again well, he's so selfish you did see him a couple of years later uh yes i did yes this is true um yes he did a doll's house in the Irby, and um he said i, I really thought he was fantastic and he rang me and he said, listen, I have nothing for you in this show. Right. But if you'd like to play the maid, you know, I, I would be up for that if, you, if you're up for that. And I said, yeah, 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 definitely. And I basically just sat and watched the, documented the um, 
rehearsals because I just loved the way he worked. Right, you know, okay. he was just it just it worked for me. Mm. His um the way his language and his his methods and just just a pleasant man to be around. You know, let's not forget that we're doing it for the crack, you know, yeah. and the enjoyment of telling stories and, you know, and the, the enjoyment of rehearsals. Not in a, a, a selfish way, you know, ultimately. It's not a out off, you know. <laughs> you know, but um yeah, he was just, you know, he was just good company, you know, good. Okay. Well, then, I mean, that's a director who you went back to work with again, you mm-hmm. know, a second time when may- maybe necessarily the part wasn't the most interesting or challenging part that you played. But there are a couple of directors who you have worked with a couple of times. I and mean, I'm thinking particularly about uh, Connell Morrison, who you've mm-hmm. worked with a couple of times, mm-hmm. and also with Annabelle Collin as well. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about working with Connell first, particularly because one of these shows you did with him in the Abbey which was the Dandy Dolls, he had kind of done a, a prototype production of that with us that's when right, we were still yeah, in, right. in the Beckett Centre. Uh-huh. So uh, talk to me about the transition between, you know, the, the evolution of that show maybe and also just about working with Connell in general. Um, uh, evolution of that show obviously came from, you know, um, an embryo college um, <clears throat> and a, a bonker script by George Fitzmaurice. And uh, uh, yes, it was part of a trilogy at the Peacock so there was, um, let me see. Um, my recollection is that it was, did he do Riders to the Sea? Riders to the Sea in, in Irish, Irish. In Irish, yeah. And then did um, Purgatory, Purgatory from Yates. Yes, exactly. Study that tree. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, one. Study that, that tree. One. Study that tree. And then finished up with the, with the Dandy Dolls. That's it, yeah, yeah. Whereas when he had done it with us in the Beckett Centre... He had done it was a, also part of a trilogy. It, yeah, well, he, we did four that time because we, oh. did, we did. <laughs> what is wrong with my brain? No, we, well, we did the Dandy Dolls and we did Purgatory, but we also did um, the Glittering, the Glittering Gate, Gate, which, which was wonderful. A That's a wonderful, play. wonderful. Uh, and then also um, the unfinished Sing play, When the Moon Is Set, oh. which I still think is a spectacular play. But no it was rubbish. Missy, no one agrees with me. Rubbish. On that. But you were amazing in that. I was rubbish. They just gave me a nice dress. Sometimes girls just want nice dresses, but it didn't save from the fact that it was rubbish. Well, I still stand over that play. I've no, produced that play one of these I days. Can't, I can't pull off being a nun very well, I guess. Well, you were kind of a sexy nun, so that's okay. I wasn't a sexy nun. A little bit. A little bit. This is a very strange angle to the conversation. So there you are in the peacock with oh, Colin dear. Morrison on what had become the evolution of that original idea. Yes, 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 yes. With us. Um, what's Connell like to work with? Uh, what's it like working with him? Kind of, and over the years, having been working with him, what, what's it like? Um, Connell likes his big productions, doesn't he? Um, and lots of stuff going on, and he does things like. I mean, he's obviously a very intelligent, articulate man, and he's great fun, and you know, and but you know, you do come into rehearsals, and he wants to know what what everyone's um, talents are. So it's like, bring out your skills. Let's get it in the show. Um, yeah, the Dandy Dolls was, you know, um, I think probably my favorite production that I've that I've been in. Really? Yeah. Um, the cast were amazing. They worked really well together. It was really physical. Um, so I got to do loads of physical stuff. Actually, I didn't speak in that show. I didn't speak. You know, maybe I just want to be a dancer. 
I'm not speak so no one can hear me dairy accent. Well, you were so <laughs> easy, you. You were playing the dandy doll of yeah, the yeah, dandy doll. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I mean that show w- was rocking. I thought yeah. it was a great show. It really was. But also, I remember the time there being an amazing vibe about your performance because, like you say, it was that incredible physical performance where you became this crazy doll and you yeah. were doing stuff physically that people didn't think was possible. Well, uh, that's just bravery, Angus. You know that was. You know, there was a crowd of really mad, brave actors who were up for it, you know. And also, you know, we just didn't think about it too much. You know, we were um, young actors as well. So, you know, you're up for it. You're up for it. You don't, you know, you want to, well, you desperately want to impress as well. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, you know, you always want to do the most exciting, the most stimulating, the most engaging thing, you know. But you learn pretty quickly that <laughs> that you know you're lifting far too many heavy props, and you learn that after a run of six weeks in, in shows, don't you? And then you know not to do it again. This is very true. <laughs> I'm just now that it's occurring to me, was Matthew Dunphy in that show with you as well? Matthew Dunphy was in Who that show. Who had been in Trinity yeah, with us as right, well. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's Connell. What about Annabelle? Um, who has kind of toasted the town at the moment. How yeah, do you find course, working yeah. with her? Is she very different? She is very different, um, but I think she is great because she um, has an incredible intellect when it comes to the script. Yeah. Um, so there's a real observation and analysis of, you know, everything that's going on in, in the script. Um, and that works for me because of the way Andrea... Uh, trained us right okay um, just working with a through line of text observing all punctuation I mean um, it's a you know it, it can seem at first quite dry you know it's a, yeah. quite a dry way of working but um, I, I think it really frees you to do your job and Annabelle has really wonderful concentrated ideas and she really trusts you, and um, so that I, I really like working from that text base because it reminds me of doing Shakespeare work, yeah. which is just like ready break for actors, you know. <laughs> so I think working with Annabelle is like getting a good ready break, you know, well, which that, is great. It's interesting to hear you say that one of your favourite shows was working purely physically, not speaking at all, mm-hmm. and in the next sentence to say one of your favourite shows is working really diligently on the text. Yeah, it's I'm great, mad. It's great. Did, you not, did you not pick that up? But no, but it's great that you can do both. It's great that you mm. can, you know, feel as comfortable and as a home at both, but also kind of excel. Well, I think well. that's, you know, because as actors, when we're handed a play, we get to have someone else's language, you know, which you know can be anything from colloquial to really eloquent, and so basically you know you can fool people into thinking you're intelligent, attractive. <laughs> um, I've never been very articulate, you know. I think I'm, a, I'm an emotionally intelligent person, right? And that's a story I can I think I can tell, you know. I can I can put across a story um, <clears throat> through feeling, I guess. Um, so it's wonderful to have someone else's words. Right, okay. And I get that with Shakespeare and I get that through um a good text or working with a director like Annabelle who's really good with text. So you're 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 I have an element that, that works for me as an actor, but I'll miss other elements, you know, yeah. that other actors will have. So I get fed you know, Annabelle completes that puzzle by right, okay. being very good with text. So I'm fed very, very well. Yeah. So you can 
you can be a bit of an all-rounder then, you know, by the time a production comes around. And interesting that both Connell and Annabelle were people that we first worked with when we were still in college. Like we, That's Annabelle true, yeah. That produ- the Carol Churchill play, the Mad Forest. That we yeah, did. I loved that. So... We learned to speak Romanian. We did learn to speak Romanian. <laughs> I have been known to... See, I can lie and tell people I can speak Romanian. It's <laughs> a lie. Been, I have been known to try and chat up strippers in foreign countries with Romanian. <laughs> but we won't dwell on that. So, so then you talk about someone kind of completing the puzzle for you. Is that what you look for in a director? I mean, in terms of the, the great directors that you've worked with, someone who is like it's very satisfying for you to work with, mm. is there a particular skill set that they bring or does it change gig to gig? From what you were looking for. Of course, for it changes gig to gig. The language is different with every director. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, I suppose it's like a relationship. You know, you're just trying to develop a language with each other. Um, I prefer when when um, rehearsals aren't too tentative, where, you know, everyone's not being so polite with each other okay. or trying to offend. Because, um, you know, everyone's there because they want to be there the, you know they're intelligent articulate you know talented actors so I think it's I love when there's a shorthand where we don't we don't have to um, ego massage or anything like that so that we you can you can develop and get where you need to get you yeah. know quite quickly and but also it's just I, I guess you don't know what you're looking for until you find it so it's just a different language with different directors is is great, you know? Yeah. So, talk to me then, about, you mean, you mentioned Dandy Dolls as being one of the highlights. Yeah. Are there any other shows that Love stand that. out in your memory as kind of times that were, you know, particularly enjoyable shows that you're particularly proud of? Um, let me see what else. Um, yeah, there was a little one, actually, called... It was an Ethel Fugard play called My Children, My Africa... It was a ti- It was with Gallo Glass. It was a tiny production, and um, we played in tiny theaters, the Mint and stuff like that. But and it wasn't necessarily received very well. Right. I have to say, but you know, I thought it was a, a brilliant play. It was a brilliant play, and it was a three-hander, um, and it it was. Um, it was a difficult one. I had a real challenge with it, you know. So it was a real test. And, you know, and uh, uh, all the places we kind of travelled around, it was, we toured with it as well. Um, the audience just really engaged with it, you know. Right. Really engaged with it. And I, I got a couple of fan letters I did, Angus. I got <laughs> fan letters. So you must have been doing something um, right. No, my mother... It's always a good gauge when your mother likes it. Right, OK. My mother... You know, half the show she doesn't want to see because, you know, it's like you have to be in a nice dress and not cursing. Mother wants to know why, I, why I'm always the illegitimate child or the prostitute, <laughs> you know. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 there was a big tick in the box when, when my mother was quite moved by it, you know. Right, so okay. that, that um, I like that one. I, for, I forgot all about that, actually. Okay. So... You know, we're talking. But my about accent was shit on it. Was it? Yeah, really bad. Okay. But you know, the, the, all the all the rest of the things were was good. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> right. So tell me about when you were just starting off and, and all that success was coming. And like you say, there's TV stuff coming your way, and you know the awards and whatever else. 
Were there, was there I anyone? didn't say that, you did. I know I did. <laughs> was there anyone who particularly took you under their wing and looked after you? Um, or was there anyone who was particularly a pain in the arse? Um, people looked after you. Well, as I say, just Marie Kelly. And then just watching um, senior actors. Yeah. Le, uh, Marianne O'Dwyer was always really good to me, you know, and Eleanor Methven. Right. Um, you know, and Derv Lacrati too, actually. No, you're just watching people and hoping that you, you're not asking them too many questions or being annoying or because you're just trying to be as good as them. Um, yeah, so, you know, I mean, I guess you just... It's just about collaborating and, and you know, being civilised to one another, you know. Right, OK. You know, I think it's as simple as that. And, you know, just finding what works, you know. Well, then... After our time in college together, it took us a long time before we got back on stage together, but we did finally, in the Peacock again, Of course, it's about love. you, Angus. No, it's not about it's me, about it's about you. you. I'm just trying to do a link <laughs> into the next question. Um, I see what you did there. With the brilliant, <laughs> the brilliant Selena Cartmel and her production of Big Love. Again, another hugely physical role for you again. What oh, yeah. are your recollections of that show? That show was... I remember we had, we had a week of boot camp. Yes, we did. Um... And my body changed in a week. I was actually like fit for a brief period of time. Fit and then, you know, in the Liverpool lane way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we worked really hard physically. Um, uh, yeah, but I think that was a tricky one because, you know, it was a wonderful, you know, visual show. But we worked so much physically, you know, we sometimes we're losing the text a little bit I think right okay um, not you of course you <laughs> yes know. I was wonderful throughout no 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 but it, I think um, it's it's difficult to you know make a marriage of both there, mm -hmm. there was so much emphasis on us um, on you know this girl killing 50 men on stage you know so it's just so hard to make things like that work in theatre you know yeah and our heads were you know kill Bill but yes. people are watching that go on. Yeah. Fights on stage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a bonker show and it was, like you say, hugely visual. Um, but it, I remember that there was another, like the big physical sequence of, of you three girls throwing yourselves to the ground. Is it true that at one point you cracked a rib and tried to go on anyway that night and, and fought through it for yeah. a couple of days or something? I know, sometimes I wish, wish I wasn't so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I didn't know. Um, I just, it was just a little bit sore. Because um, we had done, we, um, the dance slash, yeah, it was a dance sequence, yeah. dance, but it was a violent dance sequence, yeah. that's right. Which was written in the play, it was part of the script. Um, yeah, I just kind of threw myself too hard one day and went to the doctors the next day. And he said, yeah, well, I think you've, you may have cracked a rib, um, you know, but, you know, he, he didn't x-ray or anything. But then Tara Furlong, um, who's a brilliant stage manager, um, just, I mentioned it in passing and then she just took it, took the decision to, you know, axe the show for that yeah. evening because it was just too much of a risk. And so they took me off to, you know, VHI and, yeah, I'd broken two ribs, <laughs> you know. And it's wonderful to be, uh, you know, I would say, oh, join VHI, absolutely. <laughs> they give you your x-ray, 
You can keep it and show off. And is it now framed on your wall? No, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, okay, so let's move on to some of the more recent work. The mm. last considerable chunk of time uh, for you on stage has been taken up with work with Pan Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, kicking off with the ridiculously successful playing the Dane. How mm. did that come about for you? What was the experience of it like? Well, I wasn't, I wasn't, I came late into that show. I mean, they'd, you know, as with lots of theatre companies now, they do showings, right. you know, for, you know, I don't know, whoever, Arts Council, money people. Um, and so that had been done. And so various cast members had kind of, you know, drifted through or whatever. So I came quite late to that um, and I think Gavin had been on the search for an Ophelia for a while you know just because it's you know notoriously tricky yeah um, no as it stands I'm an exceptionally old Ophelia <laughs> um, but yeah so I, I decided to, to go ahead and do that and I was bloody terrified when we were rehearsing that because I just, I couldn't get my head around the way how we were rehearsing. It was completely new. So this was a a definite new language for this director, you know, but he caught fire for me, you know, that that, that kind of um, way of working. Um, Yeah, so yeah, I, 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 I was very proud of that show. I think it's a good show. At what stage, if, if any, did you know you were onto something special with it? Um... I think what we were talking about before, Gavin has a very, um, he's a great respect for the text. So when he's doing, I guess it's performance art, he's not masking a script. He's not masking um, or trying to be quirky or clever. Because let's face it, when, when we watch people enjoy themselves or stay on stage or try and be quirky, it's annoying. It doesn't read. And it's not clever. It's yeah. not big and it's not clever. <laughs> it's just annoying. But he is um he has a talent for finding the edge of something that's interesting and pulling it right out, you know. So when working with Pam Pan, it's like being in college again. We have that freedom to try out things because I find uh I certainly was getting into a habit of Okay, so we start rehearsals, we sit around a table, we read the script, we get up, we do blocking for a week. Then you learn, you, you pretty much learn your lines. Then by week three, you're, you're a bit frustrated and you think it's going, it's going to be awful and you feel a bit sorry for yourself. And then the show previews and then it's up and running. You know, so there, there, there is a, a formula to rehearsals, standard formula, which doesn't exist in this one. Um, I suppose uh, comes a lot from your own ideas, your own personality. You really feel like you're being relied on creatively. It's a lot of pressure right, because okay. your performance is 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 down to your ideas coming. No, it's great because you you know you get to you know you 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 get to feel alive and not just learn lines. Mm. There's freestyling happens. There is a bit of freestyling. Okay. Um but no, it, um there's, it's essentially, it, it's great to feel very three-dimensional because it's just like looking at pictures between Aideen, Gavin and the actors. You know, it's a it's a good circular marriage that yeah. happens. And so you're, it's like when you're looking at something, it's like reading a picture from left to right, you know, and finding your place within that picture. Um, 
so it's completely new and it's a, coming at it from a different way but I think it's it's um, really interesting it feels progressive you feel oh, okay. like you're in something that's uh, of the moment you know as much as I, I you know love O'Casey plays you know sing you know these wonderful Irish plays but they're they're not I'm not sure how relevant yeah you know of course you know we you know we want to see something be entertained we we, we want to be entertained you know but you know I, I suppose it's a choice you know whether people want to be political in theater or entertained or I suppose I'm just trying to find my place within all of that world right and it feels I feel like I, I'm with being involved with Pan Pan, you feel like you're on the heartbeat of something that's progressive. So it's bloody terrifying because you've no idea. But pretty exciting at the same time. It's exciting, of course. And then, is. well then talk to me about it going on to take over the world. I mean, you've been halfway around the planet mm -hmm. with it at this stage. What have been the most exciting parts of that and what has been the pain in the arse of, you know, waiting on airplane connections and that mm, kind of stuff? Um, so I guess it was nice to play New York because I hadn't done that before um, I, you know just getting to travel with the job is fantastic you know that's a real you know we're really lucky but you know you think you're on your holidays but you still have to do a play unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I guess getting to do a show in New York was great um, but yeah it's very difficult obviously get you know going to New Zealand on a 36 hour flight you know, for a short number of performances for festivals. But, you, you know, you do get to see, you know, you get to see a lot of things. You get to yeah. see the world. You get to see a lot of productions, different companies, meet people, you know. And having come off the success of that, and it had been a huge success and it had won awards and kind of got rave reviews and stuff, mm -hmm. the next thing Pan Pan do that you were attached to was um, was All That Fall, which That's right, was yeah. another huge success and got a million different award nominations at the Irish Times Awards this year and whatever else. But that was a very different kind of production. What was it like for you to be was. involved with that? Oh, it was so claustrophobic. It was so claustrophobic. And I was sick at the time. Um, and of course, you're sick and then you're relying on your voice. It was difficult. I was quite concentrated. You know, we did all the recording in a week. Um, you know, we called it the Beckett Bunker. <laughs> uh, we were just like trapped in this recording studio for such a long time um, but I think the result of that was you know it was so it, you know um, but, but the, you know, the subject matter of the play is quite concentrated and yeah. claustrophobic and alarming and um, but I think I thought it was great I mean I really didn't want to go and listen to it but Anya and Andrew, I think, were particularly, um, and John Kavna, um, were brilliant. You know, yeah. Andrew is such a beautiful voice anyway. You know, you could listen to him all day. And Anya, she's so soft and generous. And w was there talk at one stage of you guys being on stage for the performance as well, or or was it only ever to be kind of a, a presentation of a radio play for a theatre audience? Yeah, no, it was only ever going to be the latter. Right. Um, Gavin never tells you too much anyway. Okay. What's going on in his mental head. Um, yeah, um, so, I mean, I think by the time 18 got her hands on the project, 
that was incredible. That was just, you know, that was like having a piece of chocolate cake walking under that room. I was going, fair play, Aideen. Fair play. That looks good. Yeah, what a nice, different experience, mm. eh? Sitting on a rocking chair and listening to Beckett, you know. It's kind of amazing. So, you're still going with Pan Pan. They can't get rid of you. They've been, yeah. try- they've been trying. I turn up every day. <laughs> talk <laughs> Knocking us, on the window. Talk to us about what's coming up next. Well, it's um, a dollhouse. Yes. He's changed the name. Probably so he doesn't get sued. <laughs> for destroying the production no um, so yeah uh, it's um, pretty much a full version of Dollhouse you right, know okay. so it's not as hacked the script isn't as hacked as maybe some of the other productions um, this is uh, on Plain Nora which is um, terrifying um, and we're just about it's it, it's a tricky time because we're just you know just about to start tech and so yeah. it, it's it's our standard you know freak out week three I guess um, so yeah there's been a bit of just deve- developing the script and you know Gavin works quite closely with you um, on your ideas for the script and how things sound and how to bring it up to date without making colloquial or throwaway and um, but it's turning into uh, a real parable you know, because it is such a tricky story. Mm-hmm. You know, are people still interested in a woman who essentially got a loan of some money and didn't tell her husband? You know, it's a long bloody play. You know, for for <laughs> you know that that amount of information yeah. that really it's like how how do we compute that today? It's like and you know what's the next bit? Yeah. But I guess essentially it's boil it boils down to. Um, a show about relationships um, and uh, I'm really excited by it we um, we're working quite differently on this one I mean there's there's a uh, a new language we found with this sure. um, Gavin's working a different way with this which you know this is only my oh no I suppose this is my third time working with him yeah um, so yeah you know we're working in a, a new way um, it's not there's a different kind of shorthand which I'm really enjoying um, I, I get an incredible amount of freedom to do what I want you know which I, it's, it's it's difficult to be objective because about what I'm doing obviously because I'm doing it yes because you're right in the middle of it at the moment <laughs> because I'm in the middle of it you yeah. know so but uh, it's great to feel like, like you can trust someone to go but you see, the thing is, we just abuse each other. The shorthand is abuse. It's abuse. That's well, shocking. I, I, I'm shocking abuse. to me. It's abuse. It's, it's your crap. No, your crap. You direct properly. You're like, just direct better. No, you act better. <laughs> this this is the kind of shorthand, that's, you know. Nice. But it's worked out okay for you so far. It's worked out okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Panic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So where is the show happening and when is it happening? show is on in Smock Alley, Excellent. which is new. Yes. Theatre. It's three-sided, so we're doing it in the round. Okay. Um, and also there's standing area in Smock Alley. Um, it's a bit like a bear pit. It's terrifying. You know, there's no... But you have the opportunity to really take on board the energy from the audience and give it back. That's all we can do. Otherwise, yeah. we are... We will sink. You know? <laughs> Good luck. See 
Never let go, Jack. Never let go. <laughs> See ya in your production. Uh, um, yeah, so, and it previews on the 4th, 4th of April, and opens on the 10th. Excellent stuff. In Smock Alley, yeah. So we're the first production um, to... We opened we opened Smock Alley. Well, that's kind of exciting. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure at all. It's just like, like it's do you remember part. that? Do you remember that shit play that opened Smock Alley? Yeah, Doll's House. You need to stop doing yourself down. Like, I, no, look, I mean, like, here's the thing, right? You know this play inside out. You've done it before, uh, and I think this is a part. Uh, that you're born to play. I think you can do a phenomenal job with that part. Fair play, thank you very much. I've got, no, I've got great faith in you. I'm, I'm dying to see it. And, you know, I love what Gavin does. I mean, it's it's occasionally controversial. It, it's messing things up. It's changing things up. It's mm. keeping it exciting. But like you say, if you're going to deal with these classic texts, um, you've got to make them relevant. You've got to make an audience want to come see them. And exactly. I think, I think that's but what not, he's, but, but he's But don't destroy a text. Well, of course, you know, you've got, you to, know. Keep, got to keep true to it. Um, that's us, Judith. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat to us. I really appreciate it. That's great. Thank you. I mean, apart from anything else, it's nice to spend a, a half an hour with you. Nice to spend half an hour sitting in your car. The outside broadcast <laughs> unit. Come on. <laughs> So there you have it, the wonderful Judith Roddy, like I said at the beginning, one of my best mates in the business, a super, super performer, just really one of my favourite actresses out there, uh, an absolute superstar, and uh, an interesting interview, I think, uh, lovely for me just to hang out with her, because you know, like you've heard, she's been away so much over the last little while, great to just catch up and hang out for a little while. So look, that brings us to our weekly roundup of what is going on around the country. Uh, Rough Magic have Improbable Frequency at the Gaiety, which is finishing up on Saturday night, I will be going to see it on Saturday night, will it be my third time going to see it? Yes, it will. Why will it be my third time? Because it's that damn good. Get yourselves out to see it, guys. It's a super, super show. That'll be followed in the Gaiety by uh, Dear Frankie, which played, I think, last year and has been touring around a little bit. That's going into the Gaiety uh, immediately after that. Um, at the project, we have that new production of Agamemnon from Classic Stage Ireland. And upstairs, we have the Tiny Plays for Ireland, which I got to go and see this week and brought my whole family like I told you I would. I put my money where my mouth was and for Christmas present this year, everybody got tickets uh, to go and see Tiny Tiny plays everyone in my family so we went out on a big McAnally family excursion this week and we had a great time um it's it's a really interesting night at the theater you get 25 different bite-sized plays some phenomenal performances in there Kate Brennan being as brilliant as ever the wonderful Peter Daly from all the way back on episode one with the podcast is there being amazing wearing an awful lot of wigs I'll notice as well um and Don Wichelis there Mary Murray is there Stevie Blount is there look it's just it's a super cast a super production um it's an interesting form as well that kind of four minute short short chunks of plays um some of the plays just fit that form so perfectly i mean there's one or two of them that maybe you feel you know could this have been you know stretched out to 10 minutes or 15 minutes or a full length play or whatever but there are one or two little bite-sized chunks which are just sublime little bits of theater just phenomenal stuff i wholeheartedly encourage anyone to get in to see that uh, that's the tiny place for ireland that fishamble have put on at the viking theater at the sheds currently the weir by conor mcpherson is playing and that will be followed by an evening with oscar wilde da is still running at the gate I think that's been extended actually um, because it's been going so well for them so that's definitely worth getting in to check out um, at Smock Alley the new show Monster Clock is kicking off very soon and at the new theatre in Temple Bar Times Tide is still going on there um, Grenades by Tara McEvitt is at Bewley's Cafe Theatre that's just about to finish up and that will be followed by a revival of Love All which was there a couple of weeks ago which was a phenomenal success for them um, so they've managed to bring it back I think only for a week run so uh, if you want to get in and catch that and you've heard all the great things 
things about it. Uh, make sure you do it sooner rather than later. Company D's production of Oleana, the great David Mamet play, is on currently at the Teachers Club. And Bag Lady is on at Axis Ballymun. And as we move around the country then, uh, Second Ages production of the Scottish play is still on tour. I think they're hitting Waterford next and then coming back up to Dublin for the Civic Theatre in Talla. Uh, moving north up to Belfast, Melmoth the Wanderer from Big Telly is at the Lyric. Uh, and also about to kick off in the Lyric is uh, White Star of the North, which is directed by Des Kennedy, who's a super director. Um, and that's obviously based around the Titanic story, given the anniversary in Belfast and their history with it there. So um, if you get a chance to pop up to that new Lyric Theatre up in Belfast, it is a phenomenal venue. Get yourself up there. Only about an hour and a half up the road from Dublin. Uh, moving south down to Cork, Fred and Alice is at the Half Moon. And uh, Carthaginians from the great Frank McGuinness is at the Everyman. So plenty on down in the Rebel County uh, this week as well. So look, that's us. That is episode 20, Jesus, in the books, which is kind of remarkable. This thing is uh, is still trucking along. We're going to keep it going. This is uh, it's not going to let me off any time soon so we will be back next week for another chat with one of Ireland's leading theatre makers this has been the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast for Angus Og McAnally I'm Angus Og McAnally we'll see you next week 